I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about. Which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and also the proud winners of three National Parenting Product Awards 2020, including Best Baby Wipes. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain, but choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, water wipes are suitable for sensitive newborn and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us to all take those important steps towards greater confidence, while building a community of support for every mum. In this final episode of season three, Tara O'Farrell joins us to open up about her fertility journey. From the moment with her GP when she learned she was pregnant, to the moments with her GP when she asked, why was she not conceiving again? Tara's story has a happy ending, and in just a few weeks' time, she'll meet her second baby boy. Here she shares the steps she took to finding out what was wrong, how this pregnancy has had its anxious moments, and how the waiting, hoping and wishing really does take its toll. But most of all, Tara shares how much better she felt once she could open up about it all and was so surprised to see that in fact, all along, she was never alone. Tara, you are most welcome to Every Mum the Podcast. I'm really thrilled to have you on um, and congratulations on baby number two. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very, very excited for baby number two. I feel very, very lucky. Um, it's getting closer now. I think I'm 30 weeks, um, but he's measuring three weeks ahead. Wow. It happened with Jean um, and I went early on Jean. So I kind of, you know, the way you just know, I knew the week I was going to have Jean. I was like, this is the week I'm going to have Jean. Everyone was like, no, you're going to go over. This is your first. You'll definitely go over. And I went early. So I just, nothing happened to me, like my body or anything. It wasn't like I was getting the the pregnancy signs or anything. I just knew like in my head. And I said it to my mom and she was like, oh, Tara, don't get your hopes up that, you know, that it's going to be soon. Like, you know, you you might go over, you could go over. My mom went over, I think three or like four weeks on my brother, which I know is insane and hard to believe but like I think back in the day they really let you go over (laughs) and so I was like no I'm not I'm going to have them this week I just know it so so and was it was it spontaneous it was your waters just went and you were like this is happening yeah yeah my waters broke um Daniel had gone to the studio and I rang him and he was like no they didn't because he thought I was being like a big dramatic freak I was like, no, like, obviously it's never happened to me before, but I'm pretty sure like my water just broke. I did not just wet myself randomly in the kitchen. <laughs> so he knew that he had to come back and I'd go into the hospital and just have it checked and everything. And they were like, yeah, your waters have broken. I was in such a good place in my pregnancy with Jean. Um, I was so delighted, obviously, to be pregnant. Um, I never took it for granted, like, you know, that I was pregnant. I always was like, I'm so lucky I'm pregnant. Um, and I had a really good pregnancy. Like I felt brilliant. Obviously I felt really sick for the first, um, I think up until about 15 weeks, um, I felt like sick, but I was so excited that I was pregnant. I think I was like exceptionally excited um, that I kind of just ignored the sickness um, and got through it. And then once that was gone, I felt amazing for the rest of pregnancy. Like I literally felt healthier than ever. Um, so I was so lucky in that way. And I did hypnobirthing, um, can't remember how many weeks I was then, me and Daniel both did it. Daniel totally got into it, he was absolutely loving it, he didn't know what I was talking about. I was like, I'm going to do hypnobirthing and you're going to come, we're going to do this. And he was like, what, hip- hypnotizing each other? Like he totally didn't have a clue what I was talking about, but he did it and he totally got into it. Um, and 
yeah, it was a really, really, I think I was really lucky with my labor. Like I went in, my water had broken. I live really near the hospital. So I came home, which I wanted to. Um, and like I was at home for hours through the night um, with my TENS machine, which by the way, was the best thing in the whole world. Um, Agreed. Yeah. And like, no one ever told me about that. Only one person told me about a TENS machine when I was when I was pregnant, only one person. And now I like tell everyone that will listen. It's like, I don't know if I could have done it without the TENS machine. Um, so eventually we went in, you know, I was doing the contraction app timer. Um, and yeah, I was pretty much, I can't remember how many centimeters, but you know, I didn't, I could go into the labor suite fairly quickly. Um, but then it kind of slowed down. So they had to induce me, which I didn't really want. But anyway, they had to induce me. Obviously, you know, you do whatever they tell you. Um, they induced me. And my main thing, you know, the way obviously you have a, an ideal birth plan. But then you have to accept that it's probably, well, not probably, but like it mightn't happen. And like, I think hypnobirthing really prepared me for the fact that plan for what you would love but like if you can accept if it doesn't go ahead like you know all your dreams you know that you of your labor you know mightn't happen and just to accept that like just go with the flow the main thing is that you're okay the main thing is the baby's okay and just roll with it um i don't want to scare anybody i was afraid of having an epidural so i know other people are like get me the epidural the minute you can get it into me i was like do everything you can to avoid giving me the epidural. I really don't want one. Why? I was, I'm so, I'm such a freak, right? And this makes me sound like such a weirdo. Any kind of procedures I've had, and lucky I haven't had to have any big, serious procedures. Um, but procedures that they kind of say, like, you know, we would recommend that you're put asleep for this. I haven't been put asleep. So, like, I've had, like, a colostomy, colo- what's it called? Endoscopy and all those things. Oh, yeah. Awake, because I'd rather be awake because I'm so afraid of being put to sleep under general anesthetic and um, I've had all my wisdom teeth taken out wide awake I would rather have the pain or have the discomfort and be there if you get me is it a fear of not waking back up yeah okay <laughs> um, which I know obviously is is not going to happen but it's just an irrational fear that I can't rationalize um, so the epidural well, no I mean like if you if we actually stopped and thought about what was going to happen it would freak the best yeah. of us out yeah it would though you know like being put to, being put to sleep not in a vet way um yeah. but like it is scary that you're you're present but you're not and yeah, then you come back freaks me out so the epidural I was just really nervous of an epidural like it wasn't the needle I don't my needles at all it was just the the lot the loss of sensation to my legs I know that sounds so weird I know it comes back in your grand but I was, a, I was nervous against epidural. So Daniel knew, like, even if I started, like, begging for the epidural, that, like, to make sure I really, really wanted it because yeah. I'd been so vocal that I really didn't want to have an epidural. And I know some people are like, I don't want an epidural because I want to feel every single bit of this and all this. It wasn't that for me. Like, I, I just didn't want to have an epidural. So I didn't have an epidural. Um, and it was actually really good for me to know what it felt like then yeah. in hindsight then I was like well actually I felt everything and like for a comfort to any person that's pregnant right now it was that was the easiest part of the labor for me the baby coming out and feeling everything was actually like breathtaking um for me it was more the contractions like you know when you're induced and they get mm-hmm. quicker and intense. more um, intense like it was that kind of build up that I was a bit like, oh, come on, come on. And then, but once I started pushing and the baby was coming, it was an amazing experience. And like, I was dying to do it again. So if anyone is pregnant and they're like, oh God, but what if I can't, I've heard people say, what if they can't get the epidural to me quick enough for, you know, what if I yeah. miss that chance? And they're worried about that. Like, I know everyone's experience is different, but like, I felt every bit of it and I would happily do that again this time. I was like, you can't go into giving birth for the first time with any, you just don't know what it's like. And no one really does tell you what it's like. And no one, can, and it's because they physically can't, no one can explain to you what it's like. Um, and like, now that I know what it felt like, like I said, like it, I would totally be like, it's fine. You can totally do that. It's, 
and also then you're the baby's handed to you and you forget everything <laughs> so do you feel in general much more confident going into this birth and excited because you've been through it well see now if i had the same pregnancy as i had with jean yes i'm starting to i'm trying to get there but i've had kind of a more challenging pregnancy this time um, and I've had a few like scares and stuff. So I've been so nervous this pregnancy, which I wasn't nervous at all when I was pregnant in Jean. Like I had people messaging me saying, oh, I'm pregnant for the first time and I'm really anxious. And like, I know it's normal to feel anxious, mm. but I was never like extremely anxious when I was pregnant with Jean. I just kind of just never worried. It's weird. I, I, I don't know if, you know, a midwife said to me when I went in um, for a checkup, I was saying about like, oh, I'm just so nervous this time. She was, oh, that's because you, you have a baby already and you know the love you feel for him is so strong and you can't bear the thought of anything happening. You know, and I know everyone feels that, but I think when you become a mom, I know for me, like I'm an emotional weirdo when it comes to Jean. Like I can hardly talk about Jean. Like that was another reason why like people are like, Tara, are you going to come on and tell us your labor story? Like Jean is like two and a half now and I've never talked about it. I'm like, I can't talk about Jean without crying unless it's like something funny or he's doing something funny, but like I literally cry about Jean so much because he literally is the best thing ever. But um, yeah, I've had issues with this pregnancy. Like um, obviously I, I was more nervous because it took us, it was more difficult to get pregnant this time. Um, and then when, when I got pregnant, I kind of didn't believe it to be real until I had my first scan. I couldn't relax. Like those few weeks were, were so horrible because I was so anxious. Like what if, like I was afraid to be happy. Um, then when I had the first scan and she said, oh, everything looks great. Everything looks right. Um, I was delighted. Then, um, then I had a bleed. So I had a bleed like at about 20 weeks. So at that stage, like I obviously felt sick and everything way more than I did on Jean, by the way, like in the first few, and I still, well, actually it's eased off just recently. Um, but like up until maybe 20 weeks, it didn't feel great. Um, but then I kind of was like, right, I'm 20 weeks now, everything is fine. You know, I don't have to worry about anything. And I had a bleed. And I remember I was in Claire on a, like a little trip mm. and every trip we'd had over this year um, I'd had something that I was worried about for that trip. So the first trip I was, it was the weekend before my first scan. So I was there in, in body, but in mind, I was thinking about my scan. So I felt like I couldn't fully be there and present in the kind of way because I was worried about my scan. Then the next trip, there was something else that was worried about, I can't remember. And then this trip, I was like, now, zen mode. I'm going to totally enjoy this. This is so gorgeous. We're in such a gorgeous place. And then I went to the bathroom before I went to bed the first night and I was bleeding like a heavy period. And I was like, oh my God, I, I'll never forget. It. I was like trembling. I was nearly vomiting. Like I literally felt like, like this is it like I've lost the baby so um I rang the rotunda or I rang my hospital I don't know whether I should say the, the rotunda um I rang the hospital that I'm attending and they said you know come in and I was like I'm in Claire and I literally was like what am I gonna do do we have to wake Jean up and drive through the night into to Dublin um so then she goes oh that's no problem you can go into Limerick so so she's, she kind of reassured me that like, you know, don't worry, everything's probably fine. And then, you know, the way they say like, have you felt any movement? And at that stage, I kind of wasn't feeling loads of movement anyway. So yeah, like, where does that happen now? I'm like, oh, he's back flipping. So he's, you know, you kind of feel reassured by the movement. Um, but at that stage, I wasn't, it was kind of like little flutters every now and then. It was so erratic that like, I couldn't, I couldn't get peace of mind from movement. So um. I went in and I, I honestly, like, you know, with the year that's in it, obviously, you know, I totally understand, you know, there's reasons why men can't come in and everything. And I totally understand from the both sides, you know, the safety of the, the staff and the patients and everything. But at that moment when I went in and, you know, they listened for the heartbeat, like I like, was on my own. And in my mind, I was like, I've had a miscarriage. Mm. But 
you know, then there was the hopeful side of me that's like, maybe I'm okay, you know. But I was on my own and Daniel's sitting out in the car with Jean, like, you know, obviously a nervous wreck as well. And um, when I, when she heard the, when, you know, there you can hear the heartbeat. Yeah. So when I heard the, the heartbeat, you know, it might take long. She was the most amazing midwife actually in Limerick. Um, she, had, she was reassuring me, sure, reassuring me before she even checked. She was like, it's going to take a bit longer because she said like your bump is, is small and you're slim. And I don't know what she was saying, but she was letting me, she was just kind of building me up that it might take her long to find it. You know, the kind of way so I wouldn't be panicking. Um, so when I heard the heartbeat, I was like wailing on my own to a midwife that I had just met. And she was so warm and was like, I totally understand how you feel. I have, like she had children of her own and she was like it's so scary and you know that kind of stuff she was just the best person ever to be there in that moment so Daniel wasn't there but there was an amazing person there um and then obviously I I let Daniel know but then when they they had a look then they had to have a look obviously to see why I was bleeding um and they found like something that looked irregular in my cervix so I was like okay so the baby's okay but like now what like what's this so um and also I have a low lying placenta which can cause which can cause bleeding as well so the they they called a consultant in and he had another look then and um so he said it's best that I go to the rotunda and go to you know be closer to home and have them look at it there so I booked in and I had a little procedure done and there's nothing they can really do about that until after the baby's born which is fine. So I've kind of put that to the back of my mind because I had like an ultrasound then as well. And the baby is absolutely perfect and looks amazing and is really thriving. So since then I've had bleeds and nothing as bad as there was that time. And so I never bled when I was pregnant with Jean. And I think when you're pregnant, I know this sounds, this is so like I'm living way too graphic here. When you go to the toilet when you're pregnant, I know I always did with Jean. You check the tissue. Every time every time every time do you okay that's okay because even if I go to the loo in the middle of the night and it's dark mm. I have to turn the light to check and no, there is I, a fear always always yeah. always always I thought I was a total weirdo doing that no. it's good to know that I'm not on my own so that's the thing I've never said that to anybody so like it's good to know that I'm not the only one um but then obviously this time when I did that one night there was blood which was like my worst fear um and it's happened again since and like now I kind of know it's just because now it's stopped now because I think things have calmed down and I really feel like now for the rest of the pregnancy now I can relax and now everything is looking you know fine and I had my most recent scan was last week and I've kind of left every scan feeling nervous and crying like because not, not even about anything there's not like there's anything like the low line placenta thing is, is fairly common and um like I'm kind of not worried about that anymore. Obviously I was though. You know you worry about everything when you're everything. Um and I'm hopeful that the, the placenta will move up. I have a it's scan in a couple of weeks to check that. Um but you know, like I had to get the diabetes test I didn't have to have before. And it was like, oh, the baby's looking a bit big. And I was like, what? Is that, no, is that not a good thing? You know, so I had to have to be tested for that. And then they were like, no, that's come back like or negative, whatever the right thing is. <laughs> um, so I was so relieved with that because I was like, you know, they just don't want any issues. Like, you know, so the last scan I had, she just was like, he's measuring your head. The placenta is still low lying, but, you know, there's still a couple of weeks to, for it to move. And it was just the most positive scan I've had. So I left feeling like on cloud nine. So I've been in a different place since that scan. Um, and there, like, I haven't had any bleeding. And I just feel like now I can get into the place that I was when I was pregnant. Jean. Jean, because I was in a totally different place. I, so it, so much is familiar because having had my second, I was, I didn't think, I didn't worry about the birth. Like, because I knew that I could, conquer yeah. that yeah but what you said there about knowing the love and knowing what was at stake yeah that, that really held me throughout like yeah. and, and I don't want to say that obviously I didn't I didn't fall in love with my bump the first time of course I did 
but I didn't fully understand what I would be losing if it didn't work out. Yeah. Whereas every day of this pregnancy, I was like, don't let anything be wrong. Don't let anything be wrong. I need you to be okay. Like it was, it was, I think you're right. I think as like my maternal mode (laughs) had kicked in and I just, yeah, I, I loved them. Like they were already here. Yeah. I know that's the thing. Like with Jean, obviously I, I, you know, I talked to him when I was pregnant and I rubbed the bump and I had so much more time when I was pregnant and Jean to focus on my bump. Um, but yeah, I, I could never imagine what it was going to be like at that stage to have him in my arms and know how, how much I would love him in the kind of way. And like you said, like, I think now that's what the midwife said to me. She said, your maternal instinct has kicked in. Like you're, you're like, you're a different person now this time on this pregnancy. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's the fear of what you could lose. Like I obviously, you know, it's a fear that everyone has, but you know, it's, it's kind of hard to even imagine. No. And then I think when you have a child, I know for me, definitely since becoming a mom, I worry so much more about obviously everything, but like my health. Yeah. Because obviously I want to be healthy for Jean and I want to be there for Jean, obviously. So I kind of, you know, I think sometimes you jump to the worst case scenario being like, but what if this happens? Or what if it's this? And, um, so I, we started trying like straight away because Daniel knew I was like, I need to know that I can have a baby. Like I need to know. Um, and then it just started taking, you know, longer than I thought. Um, I, I took, oh God, I can't imagine. I can't even begin to imagine the amount of pregnancy tests that I took. Um, and like, couldn't believe it. I actually didn't realize I was pregnant until I was about seven or eight weeks pregnant. Like I wasn't taking pregnancy tests. Like I wasn't in that mode of like, we're trying, you know, it was just so, so lucky. Um, and like my doctor told me, I went to my doctor with a headache being like, there's just something not right with me. Like, I just don't feel like myself. And she thought I had a urine infection or something. And cause I am <laughs> prone to them um, and did a urine sample. And she was like, it's come back positive. And I was like, for what? She was like, you're pregnant. <laughs> and I was like, no, I literally couldn't believe it. I thought I felt so bad. Like I thought I was dying the other way. Like you're just I, like, obviously I'm very dramatic. And um, I remember like, I just, I thought I was dying. I felt so bad for those first few weeks and the feeling I'd never felt before. I was like, it's so strange. Like, I just had this constant pain in my head. I'd never had a headache in my whole life. And like, obviously people suffer from headaches. They, they might get used to them. I was like, this is like, there's something wrong with me. I have a headache. And I, like, you know, I felt dizzy when I stood up. I felt awful. Um, so yeah, I was, I was pregnant. <laughs> and there was no, you hadn't doubted it in any other way. You were like, I'm no, going because of a headache. Any normal person might be like, do you know what? I'm feeling a bit sick or a bit off. You know, maybe I did a pregnancy test. Didn't even come into my mind. The thing is, we had said we were going to start trying. So we had started trying, but I hadn't got my, my natural period in a while. So I thought you have to have, you know, the way you don't, like I didn't fully know the workings of how to get pregnant then. Whereas now I could literally, like, I know so much because I've read so much about it. But then I was like, no, I can't get pregnant until I get my period the next time. And then I'll ovulate. And then I, I kind of half knew the story. So I was like, I can't get pregnant until I get my period again. So in my mind, I couldn't have been pregnant. And like we, I, the day I found out I was pregnant, funnily enough, I was booking a trip um, for the following summer um, for my friend's wedding. I was meant to be doing her makeup for a wedding. And then like, I didn't actually book it because I was just, my headache was too bad that I was like, oh, I'll look at it again later, but I'm going to the doctor now and I'll, I'll book that later. And um, I ended up not going to her wedding because Jean was born like two weeks before. So it was <laughs> like, that was one of the prime examples of there's me making my plans for the following summer thinking, and then I'll be pregnant after her wedding. And then like, I had had a baby by then. So when did you start recognizing that actually something might not be going as you had planned this time? So like, like I, I was kind of going into it this time more, you ovulate in this around this time. And I was kind of more planned with it this time thinking like, right, I want to get pregnant and I want to make sure I get pregnant. So I'm going to do everything I can to control this. Um, and then I was like, 
in the back of my mind worried that I was going to be hard because I had had issues. So I just had this worry always about getting pregnant before anyone told me there was anything that was an issue. I just kind of had this worry. So, um, like I went to my doctor for different things and every time I'd go, I'd be like, you know, I'm still trying, nothing's happening. And she's like, Tara, you, the next time you come into me, you're going to be pregnant. Stop worrying. You're absolutely fine. The doctor, this consultant said everything looked like it should, it should, you know, you shouldn't have any issues getting pregnant this time. Um, and she, my doctor's amazing. I'm so lucky. She really cares and listens to me, like no matter how annoying I probably am. Um, so she, she reassured me. I was like, it's gonna, you'll, you'll get pregnant. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then like months were passing and I was there with my constant supply of pregnancy tests checking, like, you know, the way it's like, okay, you could get a positive today. Like, you know, the closest day. And like, then it's like, is that a line? Is it that, you know, everything's so faint at that point. And then I did the ovulation tests, you know, those. Yeah. And like, everything is so expensive. I spent a fortune on pregnancy tests and ovulation tests. Um, and the ovulation things, I was like, I mustn't be using them right because it's saying like, I'm never ovulating. Like I'm literally constantly checking and it's never coming back like that I've ovulated. So, you know, they mustn't work. They must be crap. And like, you know, but, but really then I realized after, you know, getting bloods and checkups that, I wasn't ovulating so I could have been trying as long as I liked but I wasn't ovulating so I didn't even think like that I, I wasn't ovulating because I was kind of getting periods they were they were um not regular but like I was getting periods so in my mind I thought right if I get my period on the 1st of January around the 14 50 you know yeah. then I'm ovulating but I wasn't because they weren't true periods or whatever they were just I don't, I don't even know um, so after, after I did the, the tests, like, like I said, you know, the way they say six months, if you're under 35, is it yeah. over 35? And then you give it a year if you're under 35. So I was how many months, probably eight months at this stage trying, maybe no, would have been more than that. And, um, I, I went to my GP and she was like, listen, I'll, I'll reassure you and we'll, we'll do the, the bloods and we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll check if you're ovulating and we'll check your progesterone and everything. And she's like, but don't worry, like it's going to all come back perfect. You know, you just have to give it time and, you know, and obviously I'm fairly impatient as well. So I was like, mm. no, I need to be pregnant now. So, um, so, so yeah, when she rang me then to say, listen, actually it's coming back that you know, you didn't ovulate last month and you're, you know, and my progesterone was low and everything. I was kind of expecting her to ring being like, no, everything is actually fine, Tara, you know, just keep trying and it's going to be next month. You know, the way you kind of think it's going to be next month. It's going to be next yeah. month. And you're so positive, like it's going to be this month. And um, so then she referred me to a consultant in, in the Rotunda. Um, so he had a look and he did a, a scan and, um, an internal check and everything and he basically said like you know your ovaries just you know in very simple terms are asleep and we need to wake up your ovaries so so he did wake up my ovaries with the help of medication um and then I was so lucky then I I got pregnant and I, again I just couldn't believe it so at this point then I knew I was pregnant when I was like three weeks if even if even like it was the, the first second that I could possibly check um and I was upstairs on my own Daniel was downstairs we just had done a food shop and I bought the pregnancy tests in the food shop and um and I was like I'm just going upstairs and I'd never tell Daniel when I was doing a pregnancy test I'd always want to be on my own and not anyone to know that I was doing it like sometimes I'd, I'd called into my mom's like for a cup of tea and I'd be like, just going to the loo, you just keep an eye on Jean there. And I'd run up to her bathroom upstairs. So like no one would hear the rustling or anything. And I'd do a pregnancy test and I'd come down then and have the cup of tea and I'd have known that I wasn't pregnant, you know, the kind of way. Um, but I would never- It's, it's addictive though, isn't it? Like if you know there's one in your bag. Yeah, you, you'll do it. You can't stop thinking about it until you've gone and resolved it. Like either way, you just want to know. And sometimes I did pregnancy tests when I couldn't, it was too early. It was like not possible that it was ever going to come back positive no matter what. But I'd be like, I'm just going to do it. It was such an addiction. It was so bizarre. Um, so when I was up and did the pregnancy test this time and it came back positive, 
like I actually like I couldn't could not believe it I looked at about a hundred times and I went downstairs to Daniel and I was like look and he was like he wasn't expecting me to be pregnant because there'd been so many times and I was like no no negative negative crying or whatever um and like he just couldn't believe it we just felt so lucky that like it had worked and and just felt so lucky um so like I told my mom like there and then like not there and then she wasn't there but I told her that day like so early um because I had to tell her because she knew like that we were trying and that like we were having a bit of difficulty and I kind of like felt like okay, the next like if this doesn't work like you know we're gonna have to to go down the road of IVF and and like I know obviously so many people have obviously since even talking about trying to get pregnant and taking time to get pregnant like the amount of messages I've never experienced anything like it since being online like the amount of people that have gone through IVF or have been trying on their second it seems to be very common on their second it, it is very, very common, common. Yeah, sixty percent of all fertility issues in Ireland are related to secondary infertility. Yeah, isn't it mad? So the assumption that hey, I got pregnant first time round, I can get pregnant second time round, not necessarily. And like what you said about your ovaries going to sleep, like there's there's a lot of hormonal shifts after a baby is born that yeah. doesn't necessarily re regulate all by themselves. Yeah, like there's loads, and I just love that there's a conversation around investigating it. Yeah, because we sit waiting for too long. Yeah. Like, like you said then about like imposter syndrome. So I felt like Daniel was like, you know, you've been so upset about this. Like, you know, would you not talk about it? And I was like, no way, Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about this to anybody. Like no one, I couldn't tell anyone like except my mom. Um, and like, I told my best friend after like, I think a month before I found out I was pregnant. So it was that long of me being upset about something and that kind of taken over my mind. It really did take over my mind. Um, and then when I told her, she was like, you just weren't yourself like for so long. She just, she knew, but she didn't know what was wrong with me. Um, and she was like, she was so lovely about it. Um, but then like the next time I saw her, like I was like, I'm pregnant. <laughs> like you've been like, you only told me and now you're pregnant. But um, so yeah, I told a lot of people very, very early on this time because I was so excited. Um, but yeah, I felt like an imposter in a way to come on and talk about it because I feel like I haven't experienced what other people have experienced. Or I haven't been through the hell that other people have. Um, so I kind of felt like, no, because other people have been through so much, so much and so much more than me that like, I can't really come on. I don't feel like right talking about it. Cause it's, but then Daniel was like, but like this, like when I realized that secondary infertility was so common and that like it affects so many people and I touched on it one day just in my stories didn't go into it or anything I just said you know it took us a bit longer this time I said mm. something really simple and I got so many messages being like what did you do how did you get pregnant you know so many people that obviously were in the same boat and kind of wondering should I go to my doctor should I do anything or should I just keep trying keep waiting um and I was like oh god like maybe I should just like say that it, it wasn't straightforward this time um and that like going to your doctor and just having a few simple tests first of all like that can show up something as simple as the fact that I wasn't ovulating like just to find that out then at least reassured me I wasn't crazy because I felt crazy like every month I was like Daniel like I'm pregnant I feel sick oh my god and I like I felt I was imagining all these symptoms and like I didn't have them and and I was so hopeful every time. Like I never lost the hope every month that I, I did test. I always thought this is it. Like I never got to the stage luckily that I was like, no, no, it's not going to be positive. Um, and, and yeah, like it just, I just kind of felt like, you know, other people have bigger stories to talk about fertility, do you know, kind of way. And mine is so small, but it's just something that I wanted to touch on to the kind of way. And then even having, um, Jessica Burke, the fertility detective, to come on to talk. I obviously didn't feel like I'm not a professional. I can't, yeah. you know, go on about this too much because I only know my own personal situation um, and the amount, like, you know, when I say, oh, you know, I'm going to come on, do a Q&A or I'm going to do a live or whatever and people send in questions. Like, this is usually in a, a, a normal amount of questions that come in. That time, the amount of questions that came in, like, I, it was unbelievable. And I was so upset. Like, just hearing what people were going through or had, had been through 
and like I just felt like okay I just need to just talk about it just to make people even if like I'm pregnant and I've been really lucky like just to make people feel like there's other people out there and, and you know it's it is so common if we don't talk about as you said like your experience you feel was like a mild issue yeah. in in the grand scheme of kind of fertility issues and yeah. therefore like you know why do I have a right to come on and, and be like this is this is a problem for me but if we don't even talk about the mild stuff yeah how will people have the confidence to talk about the big stuff yeah and, and even like forget about talking to a platform forget about talking to followers like you didn't even want to talk to your mom I know like I felt like I was being a drama queen or something saying you know like and telling my best friend I was so nervous telling her which is so weird like I just was like you know I've been trying for for months like you know and I'm not ovulating and I'm like I've been into fertility consultant and I've been having tests and everything and she was like no way like she was so lovely about it but I just kind of felt like a drama queen talking about or something, the kind of way, mm. like, I don't know, like, I just felt, un- I felt uncomfortable talking about it, to be honest, um, and then I also felt uncomfortable talking about, uncomfortable talking about it, because I was still trying, so I kind of feel like, if then people know, then you're trying, and it's not, there's added pressure, are people going to be wrecking your head, being like, well, or like, are they going to be looking out for you, having a drink, or not having a drink, or you know, the kind of way, like, so I kind of didn't want anyone to know that I was trying because I didn't want them to be looking out for it. And then obviously being online, I'd be getting asked constantly if I was pregnant um, or like, have you any news for us? And I remember sharing a picture of me in a swimsuit. And I remember I was in Iceland actually on a, an amazing press trip with an amazing group of girls. And um, that morning I took a pregnancy test before I went because it was the day, it was D-Day that I was like, I'm pregnant and I'm going to find out I'm pregnant and now I'm going to go on this press trip and it's going to be the best time ever. And um, I took the pregnancy test, wasn't pregnant, um, went on the trip and that day we went to the Blue Lagoon and I was wearing a swimsuit. And obviously like we're, we were all women and we all, most of us had had kids at that stage and we all didn't have abs, like, you know, um, and I certainly didn't have abs. Um, and I had a bit of a belly, which like I kind of, is normal um anyway I got so many comments under the picture being like have you got news and someone tagging a friend being like I was thinking the same like you know and I was like are they what kind of news I like didn't it took me a second to realize and I was like are they asking if I'm pregnant I couldn't believe it so I deleted all of them and was like I don't even want this to start to be a discussion under this picture like I don't even want so um so I I I I couldn't believe it. I rang Daniel from Iceland being like, people are asking me if I'm pregnant. And like, I'd taken a pregnancy test that day. So I knew for a fact, no, Tara, unfortunately, you're not pregnant. You're just bloated. Um, so I remember telling the girls, and like, luckily I was with a nice group of girls. Um, and I told them and they were like, oh my God, they were so lovely. Um, so I came on, I talked about it when I got home after a few days and I kind of had time to kind of be like, listen. And I remember coming on being like, nearly like a school teacher mm. <laughs> coming on my stories been like I'm going to talk about something and I'm really pissed off um you can never ask someone if they're pregnant yeah. it's just you can never ask that like it's just not an okay question to ask because you just don't know if they if they want to be pregnant if they're trying to be pregnant if they've just had a miscarriage like there's just so many reasons why you shouldn't ask wait for them to tell you whenever they're ready um so even when I said that, God, like the amount of messages that I got from people being like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for saying this. Like, hopefully someone will listen and think twice the next time. Like I had a miscarriage last month and, you know, I was bloated or whatever. And I was asked, you know, had I news and, you know, things like that. And people just being through such horrible situations and people just not thinking before they speak. Like you can kind of forgive it from the random aunt that you see at a wedding yeah. you know, once yeah. every 10 years. But <laughs> I'm still so surprised to hear that like women of our age who and maybe it goes back to the fact that they don't know that so many women are experiencing problems because they're not hearing it from their friends they're not hearing it from their sisters they just assume hey there's Tara she's got Jean everything is cool I can say that yeah yeah and I think as well obviously from being online and having a following and sharing stuff I kind of do think sometimes people 
might take away the human element sometimes when they're just scrolling through and just see a, a person and I'm just a person sometimes to people <laughs> so I'm a person but like you know that like oh she has a bit of a belly and then they have a conversation underneath the picture thinking I don't see that because oh she's loads of followers so she's not going to see this I'll just chat to my friend you know Sarah about her belly you know but I obviously I do know this I'm not like Beyonce <laughs> I see everything on on my on my social media so if someone's having a conversation about me I'm going to see it so um so I just kind of want to be like just please think before you speak like it's not a question that you should ever ask how did it change how you felt about it all when you did talk about it I was I have never been more nervous it was like coming on to do this podcast doing the live with Jessica I was so nervous I nearly said actually you know I don't feel well (laughs) I could be maybe postpone this um because I again I just felt like an imposter kind of thing or I kind of felt like just anxious talking about it um, but then when I did talk about it with her and her obviously sharing so much amazing information and valuable information with people and people thanking her, you know, for coming on, I got so many messages afterwards and people thanking me for letting her come on. Cause I think yeah. if you're worried about something, you know, if you have any control, like if you can go and get a blood test or you can go and get something done or something checked, you know, you feel instantly less worried or more like better about yourself because you're being proactive and you're kind of grabbing the situation with your own hand and looking into it instead of kind of just leaving it and worrying and kind of saying, I'll just let some time pass and see if, you know, I'm a real proactive person. So I kept going to the doctor being like, is there anything I can do? Like, I just feel like there's something wrong. And, you know, and then she let me get my bloods done, like probably earlier than normally people would have. Um, cause I literally like, I just need to, cause once I looked it up and everything I knew, okay, we can get this test done to check for ovulation. We can check my progesterone. We can check all these things and you can do it. Can't you? Can you please do it? So, um, so I kind of felt so good being proactive about it and trying to get to the bottom of it and getting answers then. And, um, and then being able to say to Daniel, no, I actually am not crazy. I know you think I'm actually insane, but I'm not ovulating. So we could keep trying for the rest of my life, but until I ovulate, I'm not going to get pregnant. So, um, so I felt like upset in one way that there was something actually that was, you know, hindering us getting pregnant. But then I felt brilliant that, that actually, you know, there is an issue and now we can start working on fixing it. Yeah, well, information is power. And yeah. You know, if you if you're literally shooting in the dark, like you don't know, you don't know what's wrong, and that's where your mind will spiral. Yeah, and you'll start imagining all sorts. Whereas at least if you just have black and white, okay, brilliant, there is a problem, and I know what it is, and now I know what I can do about it, because yeah. it's only by taking action can we like step forward out of that anxious, paralyzed state. Yeah, and more and more of these conversations I'm so I'm just always and I'm the same like but I'm still surprised how little we are taught how little we know how little like it's such an important part of our bodies it's such an important part like without it guess what people don't get born like survival of our race doesn't happen and you know what, you know what someone said when I did the live someone commented um we caught so much in school about how not to get pregnant yeah or, you know how not to get pregnant and then like but we're not we're not necessarily you know I, I did hear then afterward that it's much better nowadays but obviously from my own experience in school like it wasn't like we never learned about fertility or struggles or you know that was never something we ever heard about was it a relief for you though personally did you feel like the anxiety lifted when you spoke to your friend when you spoke to your mom when um, it was just within your within your private circle that it know that you could just say the thing that had been rattling around in your head all this time yeah like when when I I kind of like I said like I kind of felt like I was being a drama queen and you know then when the doctor said to me you're not ovulating your progesterone's low like you you know you're going to have to go to a fertility consultant then I felt okay well I'm not crazy so that was the first good thing then I kind of felt more comfortable telling people because I was like I'm not trying to get pregnant and like it's not working out for us. There's actually an issue that like I need a bit of help with here. Um, so I kind of felt like when I told my best friend, like 
I kind of felt like more free to talk to her in general because I think I was holding things back because it was such a like a big part of my year for me like you know it was something that really played on my mind for the whole year um so yeah telling her about it and she was just so lovely about it and she she knew someone you know that had struggled to get pregnant and we talked about that and then we had a whole chat about it in general so like it was great it was a chat we'd never had in our lives you know as two women in our 30s um and then and my sister obviously she's three three daughters um like I told her and then when I told her I was pregnant she was bawling because she knew obviously that it meant so much um and yeah I just like obviously talking to somebody is always going to make you feel a million times better like you know and sometimes you know talking to somebody else like you know I always talk to Daniel about everything um but then talking about someone that you know someone different or getting a different perspective like it's just talking is is the best medicine really even when you said that when you were on the trip in Iceland, you you, you talked to the girls there. Yeah. Like sometimes it is even, it is easier to talk one step removed from the people that yeah. you love and yeah. that you know will carry that worry for you. Yeah. Like I, that was a group of women, as I said, most of them, I'm trying to think who it was, most of them had one or two babies. Um, we were all around kind of similar age and they totally were like, horrified when I said people were asking if I was pregnant and obviously I didn't tell them I actually took a pregnancy test today and I'm not pregnant um so it was kind of nice talking to them but it was just nice to be honest on that trip just being around women after kind of feeling upset because I kind of that month I really thought I was pregnant um just to be around women and it's always nice to be around women and chatting about women-y things so lovely to hear that like there was a problem a solution was found yeah you know, and look, no pregnancy goes without anxiety. No pregnancy goes without, like, as we said, like you, you just check every single time you go to the toilet. You're, every time you're going in for a scan, I definitely felt braced for the bad news. No, it's not terrible. Like, it's like, and then obviously, like, I didn't have Daniel with me for my scans. And like, and it's nearly like the first time I had scans on Jean and Daniel was with me for all of them. I was grand. I was going into them and like, great, perfect. Everything's great, brilliant. See you later, bye. In and out in two seconds. But this time I'm like, I need to remember everything they say. And like, it's so hard to take everything in when you're on your own. Because like, I, I know for myself, whenever I've gone in to a consultant or whatever and to hear results of anything or they're telling me something I actually need to be listening to, I half listen. I'm like half listening and then half like already worrying and thinking of, oh my God. So like, it's so good to have somebody there, you know, to be actually taking it all in. Daniel's like, I wish I was there because I know what you're like. Like you're like half listening in general in life. But he was like, I know you're coming out and you're like, oh, what did she say? What? Like I'm terrible. Um, so like I nearly should be going in recording it. Like, you know, someone told me they do. I'm like, that's such a good idea. Why don't I do that? It is a good idea because we, we definitely remember what we feel. Yeah. So yeah. not necessarily the words, but you remember, was it relief or was it worry? Yeah, I know. But we don't walk out going like, so like specifically here, here's the situation. Yeah. Walk out going, something's wrong. Just yeah, something. Like every time I've got into the car, I'm like crying. Daniel's like, oh God, what did they say? And like, it, sometimes it's not anything that bad, but like, it's just, I think it's just an emotional experience. It makes me feel emotional. Like when I leave, I'm like, half relieved so I'm crying because I'm like okay baby's looking good everything's you know it's the relief that I cry out because of and then it's like if there was some little thing any little thing you're like oh Jesus is that like a big thing you know the kind of way like because I don't know like it's just an emotional roller coaster um and like Daniel is like oh my god you like this pregnancy like he cannot wait for this baby to come because I can only imagine what I've been like to live with this year like between trying to get pregnant and like being emotional about that and then being pregnant being delighted then being like but actually I'm worried and then like actually up and down the whole time we've had very 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 similar years yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I, this year has been a challenge for all of us I'm six weeks on the other side now and like it all matters all of those days crying and worrying mattered all of those days spent hoping and worrying and checking toilet paper and freaking out walking into hospitals and even freaking out walking into you know give birth and all the the 
can my partner be with me? Can he not be with me? And I'm really, 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 and I do, like really lucky that it has worked out. And I love hearing your situation of someone who took action and who found out and it is working out. I feel so lucky that it worked out for us. Um, and we were so lucky, obviously, to get pregnant fairly quickly once we kind of started getting help. Um, so then I kind of felt like I can't really talk about this because I've been so lucky and you know I know how how hard it is for other people and how it takes years and years and they go through the mill and like as as much as I feel obviously you know everyone has their own experiences in life and to them it's a huge deal Hmm. but then they hear other people's stories and they're like oh my god like they've been through so much I'm so lucky really but then I suppose we have to also remember we were we're allowed to be upset in our own lives about things no matter how big or how small because you know it really did emotionally get to me so much more than I could have ever imagined well thank you for sharing your worries with us because the worry shared is worried halved and it is really important and I don't want you to to underestimate what you've done because it is incredibly important you weren't being dramatic you weren't being you know an imposter you this is this is stuff that is happening to women all the time unless we just start talking about it more women won't take those steps and won't have take those actions and will will stay feeling upset and worried and locked in their yeah. heads about it yeah. so do like let this sink in you have done a brilliant thing for women i just hope that if there is anybody listening that is trying and they're feeling like a little bit anxious that you know maybe you know there's a problem or it's not happening quick enough or whatever um just to keep the hope and keep the faith and and to be proactive and go to your doctor like and you know see if if there are some answers that need to be answered and hopefully getting some answers and being able to then try and try and fix them and like luckily there was a solution for me and you know it's I've been very very lucky well I wish you every every bit of luck in the next six weeks or so and hopefully this the birth will be just as magnificent as you described (laughs) jeans um I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation I can't thank you enough for coming on and for sharing it with us Um, and as I said I know that you've definitely helped so many people so thank you so many much Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening. And that's it for season three, sponsored by Waterwipes. 10 episodes, 10 conversations with 10 incredible women. Thank you to Waterwipes who have supported us this season and believe in the power of this podcast. Waterwipes are an essential for every mum, from that first snappy change to those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, Waterwipes are purer than cotton wool and water, and are proud sponsors of Every Mum the Podcast.